You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be recapping the Wildcats' 86-63 win over the Louisville Cardinals, going to be kind of reassessing where the Wildcats are at mentally. And then finally, we're going to look ahead to the upcoming SEC games. There's one in particular on Tuesday that I think is going to be very important for the Wildcats. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Would really appreciate it if you subscribed over there, if you're watching there. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Like I mentioned, 23-point win for the Wildcats in Rupp. Another dominating victory over the Cardinals in this series. We expected this. We talked about this on yesterday's episode about how there may not necessarily be a win to be had here depending on what the margin of victory was in this matchup. Well, the line, if I'm not mistaken, came out to be a 23 points according to Bet Online, And sure enough, the Wildcats won by 23 points. They've been... Uh, less than good against the spread uh, so far this season. And to be able to get a push here was really interesting. So I, I'm recording this just a couple of hours after this game ended. And to be honest with you, I'm still trying to get an assessment of kind of what you guys think about this matchup. This is going to be going up on Saturday, uh, the 31st this afternoon. So if you've got a thought on how this game played out, if you want to tell me kind of what you think about, you know, the positive mindset of this team, because that was something that was emphasized in, in the post-game press conference with Oscar Shibway talking about, you know, Cal trying to be more positive and this team kind of trying to build some more chemistry. I think that's a really, really good sign be, based on what we've talked about on this podcast. But let me know, what do you think about this victory? I'm going to go ahead and give you my thoughts. So straight off the bat, I want to tell you, I I was not particularly either like impressed or disappointed in this performance. And you may say Lance is a 23 point win. If you go back and listen to yesterday's episode, we obviously noted that Louisville is just simply a team out of sorts right now. Not a lot of cohesion. Kenny Payne is trying to pull everything together on his side. It's just simply not working. And I, I think that coming into this, there were not a ton of expectations for what it was, again, I want to re- reiterate, I did not have high hopes for this because of the situation the Wildcats have put themselves in at, at what was at the time 8-4. and four. I didn't necessarily expect Kentucky to be able to come into this game and do anything that would wow the fan base or, you know, really like bring the fan base back into line based on how they've reacted over the past few weeks. Understandably so. But it's a victory, and it's a victory that I think that the Wildcats could actually kind of start to build some momentum with, and we hinted that about that on yesterday's show. Let's go ahead and dive into some of the things that actually happened in this game. The Wildcats uh, were, were really, really, uh, I would say, I guess, starter heavy in their rotation. Uh, you look at the minutes that the starting five played. Jacob Toppin, by the way, back in the lineup, he played 35 minutes, was great. I want to get to him in just a second. Toppin, 35 minutes. Livingston, 20. Oscar Shibway played 37. Wheeler played 39, and Cason Wallace played 37. There was only one player on the bench that eclipsed double-digit minutes, and that was Antonio Reeves, who apparently, and I'm not saying this is like, oh, this is a terrible thing. I want him to get more involved, but it was just not a part of the game plan today, and he's not really been a part of the game plan for a few games now. 
17 minutes, only took four shots, was one of four from the floor, did not make either of his three-point attempts, had a rebound and a block, and uh, didn't necessarily do a whole lot on the stat sheet. There is a myth out there that I would like to kind of settle very quickly before we move on to Jacob Toppin. Antonio Reeves is not a terrible defender. In fact, uh, a pulling uh, number from Sean Vinzel, a friend of the program over at Hoops Insight on Twitter, uh, apparently his defenders are shooting 27% from the floor. So that's not bad at all. Uh, apparently, if I'm not mistaken, Synergy uh, gives him an excellent defensive rating. Uh, so I'm not particularly concerned about what he's doing on the defensive end uh, for the Wildcats, but it's it would be nice to see his offense kind of get going and the opportunities that he gets. And it was kind of interesting to see the fact that he just didn't get a lot of opportunities in this one. Jacob Toppin was 10 of 15 from the floor. Really solid in this game. He did what Jacob Toppin does, right? What did we talk about last year with Jacob Toppin and Keon Brooks at the four? It's the two-point jumper. And I went back and forth calling both of them king of the two-point jumper. Keon Brooks eventually stole that title and ran away with it after that Kansas game. But Toppin did what he normally does. Seven rebounds, two assists, 24 points on the day. Louisville couldn't stop it. They're not a good team. They just they lack cohesion and they got caught sleeping so many different times. Jacob Toppin, though, really efficient, needed this bounce-back game, and needed it badly. And again, again, it came against a really weak opponent, but it was still nice to see. It was a rivalry game. Kentucky as a whole, by the way, for the two-point jumper, took 14 shots inside the arc, outside the paint. They were 9 of 14 on said attempts. That's good. I'll take that. I accept it. Something other interesting also as I was watching this game that I noted, Kentucky didn't take a lot of a lot of threes, or excuse me, make a lot of threes on the left side. I went and looked at like the, the shot chart on ESPN after the game. Yeah, they didn't make a three from the top of the key all the way to the corner on the left side of the court on both ends. Just didn't make a three, and they took quite a bit. They took quite a bit. Final note I want to make here before we 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 continue to kind of recap things from the Kentucky side. I want to make a Louisville note here. I think they, and I put in my notes, Louisville mental issues, and I do not mean that in any sort of bad way. What I'm saying here is the Cardinals, like I said at the beginning of the episode, they lack cohesion. This is a first-year head coach. This is a roster that has kind of been strung together. L. Ellis did what he did. He took half a million shots in this game, and he ended up with 23 points. He was 7 of 16 from the floor, 1 of 6 from 3. Louisville just did not look like they were prepared to beat Kentucky or to compete closely with Kentucky. Now, it was a 10-point game at one point in the second half, and then Kentucky just kind of said, yep, foot on the, foot on the, uh, the gas. We're just we're winning this game. We're winning by a lot. But for Louisville, Cal was right. I want to say, I want to say that this Louisville team is terrible, absolutely awful. But they, uh, in a... In a press conference he had recently he noted like they're getting better they're doing different things they're trying different things they're making a clear effort to do things correctly on the defensive end of the floor more specifically they failed miserably in this game but you can see that there are signs that 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 they've not given up they're still doing different things they're still trying to make an effort and I respect that for a team that's two and twelve you know you look at Kentucky situation and you would like to think that the fan base has just said that the, that the team has just completely given up on the on the year at nine and four but there's so much to accomplish still for this Kentucky team I want to get to that later 
And I want to get to more specifically different things that happened in this game for Kentucky because I've got so many interesting notes here. Before I get to that, though, let me just give you guys a scenario real quick. You're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks, right? It's New Year's Eve today, and maybe a few becomes too many. You're partying. As the evening comes to an end, people start to leave. You think about calling for a ride, but you decide, you know what? You're just going to go ahead and do it yourself. You live nearby. You can make it home fine. It's not a big deal. And, you know, what are the odds that you get pulled over anyway, right? Even so, what's the worst that can happen? Well, what about your insurance going up? What about you losing your license, losing your job, losing your car? You total your car, you wreck your car, you kill somebody? See, everybody knows about the risks of driving drunk. You know the risks. And the results are often tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, you need to think again. You need to play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message was brought to you by the NHTSA. All right, continuing along here on the Saturday edition of Locked on Kentucky. It's actually episode two. If you did not see it, there are two episodes going up today. One of them recapping the football game and looking forward to the 2023 season. The other one, this one, talking about the Louisville Cardinals getting their butts handed to them by Kentucky. And I want to shift the focus back here to the Wildcats after making some Louisville notes. Kentucky got to the rim way too easily. They, they just kind of did what they wanted to do in the half court. And you may say, well, that, well, Lance, based on the way you've described it, they're more athletic. You know, they got to the rim, didn't they? Did they just run up and down the court? No, actually. According to CBS, they had two fast break points in this game. And going back and watching it again, I went back and watched the highlights again. I'm like, okay, well, make sure I'm not wrong on this. Yeah, um, not a whole lot doing in transition. It was just getting your stuff in the half court and working the zone. And that's the thing I want to go to next. Kentucky absolutely worked Louisville's zone. Because they started to go into it, and then they came out of it after they quickly realized it was a bad idea. And then in the second half, for some reason, they kept going back to it. And the situation that Kentucky found themselves in, what do you do against zone? Well, you work the ball around. You find the soft spots there in said zone. And then you see if you can get a defensive breakdown whenever a team, the team overcommits once you finally break the first initial seal. So what would happen is, Severe Wheeler, Cason Wallace, whoever's out there on the perimeter, whatever wing, rotate the ball around, and then they'd give it to Jacob Toppin at the top of the free throw line or maybe a couple steps in. If the defense collapsed, you'd kick it out and you rotate it again. See if you could get a, 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 a touch in the paint for Oscar Sheeway. Or, initially, the defense would collapse onto Toppin, and they would just leave. And this, and, and I'm, I'm saying this, and you may say, oh, that's not true. If you, not, if you did not watch the game, go back and look. They would just leave Shibwe alone at the basket. The player in the post would just come up to Toppin, and nobody would go and help. And so Toppin would just jump up and dump it off to, uh, to Shibwe, and he threw it down. So Veer Wheeler did this a bunch as well. Oscar finished with 24 points, 10 of 13 from the floor, 4 of 9 from the foul line, which is something you got to work on. 14 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. A, a note that I wanted to make here about Shibwe, the turnovers for him. Really struggling to hold on to the ball in the post. 5 turnovers for Shibwe in this matchup. Uh, not good. Simply not good. Louisville also got to the rim a little too easy, I think, in this matchup. 
they shot 46.8% from the floor and 15% from three. What does that tell you, Math Wizards? Ladies and gentlemen, that tells you that their two-point percentage was really good. It was 58.8%, which is well above their 45.5% that they shoot from inside the arc on the year. That's not acceptable, but at the same time, uh, I think that Kentucky did enough on the defensive end to kind of take this one and and ride it home. I mean, to be honest with you, the fact that they only had one score eclipse 11 points and Brandon Huntley Hatfield had 10. I mean, it just kind of shows you where they were at in this game and they emptied the bench late and put out some guys and they, they made an effort, but Louisville did not have the horses to win this one. And so I'm not particularly worried about what Kentucky was doing on the defensive end. Apparently Ken Palm though, Ken Palm has absolutely tanked Kentucky's defensive efficiency. They went from like top five, top 10 they're like seventh. They're now thirty first over the after like, like it was after the Yale game, where I was talking about like this team's actually got some really good defense, and then apparently Ken Palm has just said nope. UCLA, Florida, A and M, Missouri, Louisville. Yeah, no, they're getting worse progressively on that side of the ball. I guess I've not seen a ton of it. Obviously, that Missouri game was awful, but um, that UCLA game to hold them to sixty three points. I mean, it wasn't particularly efficient shooting. Even Florida A&M, I mean, like, you hold them to 68, and I get that they were doing way better than they normally do. But, like, is it enough to take it down from 7th to 31st? I don't know. Maybe it is. Wasn't They weren't phenomenal defensive performances. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they were good. I'm just saying that they weren't as bad as maybe I initially perceived. Let's see. What else can we get to here? Yeah, like I mentioned, two fast break points uh, for the Wildcats. They did not have to get out and run this game. There were so many different things in this game that happened that I looked at and I said while they were happening and then after they happened, like, I just don't see Kentucky, like, this is not them. They're just beating a bad opponent in a way that they can. It's not the way that they want to play it. I think they're going to try and do things a little differently. Now, something I would love to see them continue with, and this is the final point I want to make here before we look ahead to the schedule, is becoming more positive. Oscar Shibway in the post-game press conference was asked about Coach Cal becoming more positive, and he said, quote, I tell Coach, you want to be so hard on them, sometimes you really mess up their mind, make it worse. Now he's motivating more. Players start stepping up because they hear more positive stuff. And ladies and gentlemen, what did we talk about? What have we been talking about since that UCLA game where Cal said they needed more toughness? I said, no, they need a pickup, pick-me-up. They need a mental boost. Yelling at your team and screaming at them for not getting things right is not going to help somebody. If you have somebody that you are trying to get results out of, the last thing that you need to do is resort to initially screaming and hollering and panicking and making them feel bad about what they're doing, unless they just completely screwed it up. But you can't sit there and criticize out the gate. You have to be able to give them a little bit of a reprieve, especially considering the situation, right? Eight and three, eight and two, or eight, like what? Eight and whatever at one point before you play that UCLA game. You've got to be able to kind of get guys riled up and excited. Do you remember last year before the Kansas game what Cal was doing? He was very positive. He was telling the boy, telling the kids out there, smile, enjoy this. This is fun. You're going to get this game, and you're going to have a fun time doing it, right? And they went out there and dominated. The team plays better whenever the kids are positive. Simple as that. I think you could say that for a lot of different teams. I think you could just say that in general. People perform better whenever they're happy about what they're doing. And on top of that, they're happy about the fact that it's going to end well. They know that it's going to end well. You're giving them that confidence. It hasn't happened yet, 
but you're going to give them that confidence to help them actually make it happen. So the fact that Kentucky is showing a little bit more of a positive attitude is great. I think it's really, really, really good. And it definitely helps considering the games that are coming up because they're going to need a lot of mental resilience and positive positivity through these next four games. Before I get to those four games, though, I just want to remind you guys, if you've not subbed to the channel yet, it would mean a ton to us here at Locked On Kentucky. If you subscribe, we're getting closer and closer to 3,000 subs. Let's see if we can pull it off. All right, wrapping up the Saturday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. We've got four games coming up that I think are going to be really interesting for the Wildcats. Why? Because two of them, they have a less than 35% chance to win, according to Kim Palm. Let's go ahead and get into it. Tuesday, January 3rd, is a huge game for the Wildcats, I think. It is coming against the LSU Tigers. Now, LSU, according to Ken Palm, is not a particularly good team. They are 75th nationally, and they have uh, one of the worst offenses in the SEC, I can assume, because they're 103rd nationally. But they're 12-1, and and their only losses come by three to Kansas State at a neutral site. And since that game, they've beaten Wake Forest, They've beaten Arkansas just recently. And this, so they've started to build a little bit of momentum under first-year uh, head coach Mac Mah- uh, Mahone, I guess is how you pronounce his name. I'm an idiot. I don't know. But they've brought in a ton of different players from Murray State uh, with them, uh, McMahone as. And I, I think that LSU is a force to be reckoned with when it comes to SEC play. They may not be the most talented. They may not be the most statistically dominant. But heck, we've even seen, I, I want to give a good example here. South Carolina, I, I don't know if it was this last year or it was two years ago. It's a team that statistically didn't do anything like well. It might have been last year because I remember doing a preview and a recap of this. And I was just like, they're just so average. But they're winning games in the SEC. They didn't win, not, they didn't win anything in their non-con slate. But during, they were winning games in the Southeastern Conference. LSU may end up not being that team. But right now, they are in prime position to have one thing that Kentucky, like we've just said, needs to have, that mental confidence. They just beat a top 10 team. They're 12-1. and They've got it all going, right? Hey, look, the future is bright. I did not mean to rhyme that. Going into Rupp Arena, the sales pitch is, this is a down Kentucky team. We can beat them. We've got a solid defense ourselves. They can't shoot as well as we think, as well people think they can. They, they can't shoot as well as people think they can. I worded that very poorly. So we're going to go in there and execute. We're going to play the ball that we know how to play. And Murray State, by the way, was really solid. They were just really solid under Mac, uh, Mac, McMahon. Man, I can't even say his name. I don't know why they're struggling with that. But the Wildcats have a good one on, on their hands on Tuesday. That'll be a fun one. Kim Palm thinks that Kentucky's going to win this game by 9, or excuse me, by 11. I think it'll be somewhere around there as well. We're going to preview that on Monday and on Tuesday, or excuse me, yeah, Monday or Tuesday. We'll get to it. We'll talk about it at, at length. But the Wildcats need this one. Get to 10-4, and four, get to 1-1 one one in the SEC. You have to avoid these 0-2 starts in league play because then you really start to slow down after you go on the road following that matchup and you play Alabama. Alabama is firing on all cylinders right now. Uh, look, they, they lost to Gonzaga just a couple of games ago. But that offense is good. And that defense is really solid as well. They've got height on top of that. They've got a really, really good five-star freshman. They've got the pieces to be a legitimate contender, not just within this league, but within the postseason. 
They're 11-2 and two right now. They've beaten some really good teams already. Michigan State, North Carolina, Houston. They just beat Mississippi State on the road. That was a really tough, hard-fought win for them. Alabama's no slouch, and that is going to be a rough environment, I think, if they can actually get fans to show up. Normally, whenever you turn on Alabama games, you see like five people there. I bet if you turned on a Nick Saban press conference in an Alabama basketball game and you gave fans to it an option to attend one or the other, I, I, I think that every single one of them would choose the Nick Saban press conference. Nobody cares about Alabama basketball, apparently, which is really unfortunate considering they've got a really good coach that I like. Just going to throw that out there. And a really, really good uh, team on top of that. South Carolina is a little bit of a reprieve game here. 95% chance, according to Kim Palm, for the Wildcats to win this one. South Carolina, first-year head coach, Lamont Paris, uh, he is not doing anything. I think that would give you an indication that they're like going to be something special in this league this year. We'll just have to see. They've got Gigi Jackson, that five-star freshman who they pulled away from North Carolina. He's been, he's, he's been okay for them this year. Like I know that he's lighting up the scoreboard uh, at times, but his efficiency rating is not like through the roof. In fact, it's it's one of the worst ones on the team in terms of offensive rating. And I, again, you may say, well, this is just a, another game that Kentucky could potentially win. Look, Okay, I want you to look at this overall product that Kentucky's put out, and I want you to tell me that any game in the SEC is a given. It's not. Simply not. And then finally, the, th- the fourth game here that I think is going to be, could be the most brutal one, is at Tennessee. Tennessee plays some insane defense right now. Like some really insane, like first in the nation, according to Kim Palm type of defense. Going to need to watch that space. They had to come back against Miss, uh, Ole Miss. Excuse me. Had to come back against Ole Miss after being down in their SEC opener. But they are so, so good on that end of the floor. And it's not like they've got like insane height. I mean, they've got some really solid players. But their insane height comes off the bench and does it doesn't play a whole lot of minutes. So for Kentucky, right now, obviously you have to focus on this first game against LSU. Focus on the Tigers. Make sure you get that pin knocked down. Continue to build positivity. Continue to build confidence. That's what it's about. I don't think it's about toughness. This team has all the athleticism in the world. When you want to push, push the throttle, when you want to twist that handle, you will get results but you got to make sure that they're not in the bad spot to begin with. Start building the chemistry. You know, we talk about peaking in March. Look, if you start things now, I'm sure by the time March gets around, you'll have a team that is complete and is ready to compete. And I did not mean to write the rhyme that either. I'm sure like, that's just the mood I'm in today. This team still has so many things laid out in front of them that they can accomplish. And picking up a 23-point win against Louisville wasn't like insane, wasn't world-ending. But it was good. It was a good foot. It was the right step in the right direction. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hey, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. Follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore. You can follow the show on Instagram over at Kentucky Podcast. I play the wrong hotkey. I feel embarrassed. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow. Excuse me, on Monday, rather, for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And God bless.